Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy having your ideal business and your ideal life. This is Ann Backrack. Today, we have a special guest with us who is going to share her very valuable insight and ideas about mainly women's health and hormone issues. However, keep in mind that men have hormone issues also and can learn by listening to my guest share her approach to being even healthier. Dr. Alexandra Swenson Ridley is a thought leader in outside the box and natural approaches to women's health and hormones focusing on what she has termed selfless syndrome. She is the founder of Emergent Women Coaching and Health Consulting and is building a business that serves both her clients and her health while helping other women do the exact same thing. She is a PhD candidate for integrative medicine through Quantum University and an executive contributor to Brains Magazine. Her mission is to help women break through the constraints imposed by misinformation society, and a lack of self-worth, and step into the awesome power of who they really are. Welcome, Dr. Alex. I really appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Let me just share a quick personal story. I started gaining weight after my doctor took me off my birth control pills at the age of 50 that I had been on since I was 17 years old because I was apparently in full menopause at the time. I went from a size 8 to a size 16 in about 10 years. I exercised a lot, like three hours a day, three or more days a week. I cooked my own food so I knew exactly what I was eating for 18 months. I tried so many different things that were recommended to me by doctors, and yet nothing worked. I know that I can't be alone in this, Dr. Alex. So why are some people struggling to lose weight despite all the right things that they're doing that they're told to be doing? Yeah, uh, such a good question and such a frustrating place to be. I've also, in my own journey, had a similar experience where I just woke up one day and none of my pants fit when they fit, had fit, you know, a week before. And what I've really found in, in digging into the layers of this, there's a couple of things. You know, the first is hormones do have quite a bit to do with it. And when you suddenly gain a lot of weight or it's literally like nothing you are doing is making any difference and you are doing all the things that you're supposed to do and the right things. And yet doctors are still like, well, lose weight or you should be exercising more or all those things that they like to say to us that, you know, there's really no guidance on how to do that thing. It comes to two things like one our hormones can be off and personally i experienced going estrogen dominant which will definitely do that and if you've been on you know things like birth control or hormone replacement therapy or some of that stuff for quite a while and take it away it can cause havoc but the bigger thing is what actually led to us getting there in the first place and this is more you know where i've i've really gotten to and how i work with women and and what i also had to do with myself and that is, you know, our, our hormones are very much characters of or impacted by our internal environment. And so looking at our life up to a certain point can really dictate how those hormones are balanced or not balanced. And so a lot of the times, you know, when we're trying to lose weight, we are looking at all of these things outside of ourselves. It's the diet, it's the exercise, it's the sleep. You know, sometimes we've, we've caught up to realize that we need sleep for certain processes to work well. 
but there's not much looking at like what's going on inside. And so we're staying in this state of frustration of, you know, annoyance of a lot of times like self-hatred for our bodies and not loving ourselves, not feeling confident, not feeling sexy, all of that stuff. And really it's working against us. And so it's not so much like, oh, just change your thoughts and everything's going to be great. But it's really, really about unpacking all the layers. And from that place of doing some internal work of actually being able to have something that you're doing finally be successful. Does that make sense? Can you give me some examples of what that might look like? Yes. So, you know, for me, it was like the first thing I really had to cultivate. In, and I, I lost about 30 pounds in 13 weeks last year. And I, I've helped quite a few women do that since then. And, you know, did I do some stuff with food and with, I actually really didn't do anything with exercise, to be honest, but with food, yes. Did I change how I was eating? Yes. But the bigger thing that I really had to do was get to a point where I stopped forcing it and just enjoyed the journey, if that makes sense. And so it wasn't so much this drive of like, oh my gosh, I have to do this because I have to lose weight because, you know, I, I'm unhealthy or I look fat or, you know, whatever the thing is. And it became much more about like, I'm doing this just because I enjoy taking care of myself or I feel better this way or, and so letting go of some of that, really the, the word I keep coming back to is, is frustration around it. And then the other thing that I had to do was get clear on like, oh, my hormones are not working well. And the more physical side of that. So there's an emotional side to, you know, really having weight loss become something that can happen when you've been struggling for a long time. And there's also a physical side of, you know, a lot of hormone stuff, your gut will be not working as well as it should be. You're maybe dealing with a lot of high levels of stress and anxiety. And so it becomes about kind of putting all the pieces of the picture together. And it's not, so I guess my, my big point with this is it's not just about the diet or the exercise. Does that help? So what is it then? So like if I came to you and said, look, you know, it's been 14 years, I've gained 50 some pounds. I've tried everything. I have two pages of everything that I've listed that I've done. Where would you even start with me? I would start with pushing pause and learning to just love yourself where you're at and not from a place of accepting it as like, well, we're just going to always, this is how life is always going to be, but learning to be okay where you're at and take, uh, I'm working through, you know, kind of the nuances of this. It, it's, it's very much like we tend to approach life as, you know, I have to do this thing so I can have something and then that will allow me to be a certain way. And so we're constantly focused on the doing. And so, you know, you would very much be in that category of you've done so much and I get that. And it is so frustrating to be in that place. And the bigger pieces are, you know, first, like just pushing pause almost and maybe not doing as much. A lot of what I teach is, is slowing down and not pushing yourself so hard. Because when we do that, when we stay in that place, we're increasing a stress response and stress cycle, which is going to make it nearly impossible to lose weight. A lot of us in the modern world we live in, we don't even recognize what we're doing as being stressful. But a lot of times how you eat, how you, especially following a lot of the guidelines that are out there around losing weight, it tends to be, you know, it's causing us to eat less when a lot of women actually need to eat more. It's causing us to be really restrictive and have a, a very negative relationship with food. And I'm not saying this is you, this is just, I'm kind of generalizing the population. And maybe you've, you know, worked on all these things from this perspective as well. 
it's causing us to push ourselves really hard to exercise even when we don't feel well and our body's you know telling us to rest and all of that stuff actually creates negative stress responses in the body and so we look at it as being good for us when it's creating more of the problem and so there's a level of detoxing that we need to do there's a level of cleaning out the gut that we need to do there's a level of you know working on our emotional state and getting clear on where we feel things in the body and what we're holding on to that we need to do and there's a level of learning to really love ourselves through the process and i know i'm not giving you like a specific like go do you know xyz it's it's a little different for each one of us and i think that's where we all fall into a trap of we're constantly looking for the silver bullet you know i i've been there i did the noom and i did the weight watchers and even though i i have a huge amount of education in health and in wellness from my background i was a practicing chiropractor for 10 years and you know did a lot of functional medicine training in that time and then really got honed in and focused on women's health and hormones specifically and even though i knew all that stuff i still had the experience of you know having things get out of my control and being really frustrated and stuck and trying all the stuff that you know they tell you to go do and realizing that there is no silver bullet it it's about really getting clear on what we actually need and being willing to listen to that intuition in ourselves that then and peel back the layers um and there's more to this i i actually right before we got on this i was on a call with a client who you know has been doing a ton of work and she hasn't necessarily lost a lot of weight yet but she is also really clear that you know she's holding on to things in her body she's got trauma and stuff she is still working through and needs to release and has you know her weight has become almost a safety net so there's like there's and that's like one one example so there's lots of different drivers and and characteristics and you know we're all our unique individual and so it's really about tapping into what we actually need and not what the world tells us that we're supposed to do so you talked about stress so mm-hmm. how does stress really, I guess, well, stress does impact our hormones is what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. how do we de-stress? Like, would it be, you know, meditation, breath work, go to an infrared sauna, jacuzzi? What do you recommend typically? Yeah. So isn't that the million dollar question? <laughs> One of my, there's two things that drive me crazy about our world right now. One is everyone says, go manage your stress better. And the other is everyone says, go lose weight. And it's like, oh, but how? And what I have learned, like there's, there's this thing that needs to happen before you can even do either of those, which is recognizing where you hold stress in your body and how you feel it. Cause I talk to a lot of women that will say, oh, I'm not stressed. And then it's like, they've just been living at such a high level of stress. And this is just true of our modern world. You know, we've been living and functioning at such a high level of stress that we don't even recognize that that's what we're dealing with first. So like the first step is awareness. And then it's figuring out what is going to help you deescalate. So, you know, I can speak to what I do personally and what I teach a lot of my clients. It's breathing is amazing. You know, actually taking deep breaths. I actually just wrote a post about there was a long period of my life where I couldn't get a deep breath, like trying to get my air air into the lower part of my lungs hurt because my chest was so tight. So, you know, maybe it's starting there and really working through that and and learning how to breathe again. Most of us have forgotten how. Um, meditation is another great thing. Anything that you can do to get your out of your head and connected to your body. Um, you know, I've done some training in something called heart math, which is all about creating coherence where your brain and your heart are synced essentially. 
and where you're slowing your brain waves down out of high stress mode into, you know, a, a place of, of just being and, and not being stressed. Drinking water is, is another one that I use. Saunas are great. And, you know, uh, one of the things that I've run up against, like the, the resistance that we have to a lot of the de-stressing activities is like, well, I don't have time to sit down and meditate or to journal or, you know, it's, it's hard to do those things. So I typically recommend starting with something that you can really do anytime. Like we can breathe anytime. You can close your eyes and put your focus on the tip of your nose or, you know, in your on your heart at any time. And these are things that will just interrupt that pattern and cycle of stress. And just to stress how important this is, to stress the stress, so to speak, you know, I, I didn't get into, like in terms of hormonal health, what happens when we are under stress? So our brain, our adrenal glands, essentially, our brain signals our adrenals to produce cortisol, which is the stress hormone. And what no one really talks about is that cortisol impacts a whole bunch of things in the body, specifically with our hormones. So it's not only increasing inflammation and shutting down your digestive system and your metabolism and usually jacking up, jacking up your gut, infecting your sleep. Like there's all these things that go into stress, but it's also, it actually steals the building blocks of our sex hormones. So it literally will convert progesterone, which is one of our, our three sex hormones. We have progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone. It will convert that into cortisol and it will prevent estrogen and testosterone from being formed by taking their precursor as well. And so, you know, if you're really struggling to lose weight, you have to look there because as long as that cycle is running and there's, like I said, exercise, you know, I'm a former marathon running runner. That is a whole lot of stress on the body. And so if you've got that kind of stress, plus you're stressed in the rest of your life, it's, you're never going to lose the weight, unfortunately, because as long as those hormones are off and the ratios of those hormones are off, like specifically between progesterone and estrogen, they have to have a, you know, where you're healthy and where you function well and where your weight is good and where your metabolism works, all of that has to be balanced in the right way. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever wonder what it's like to mix business with pleasure? Then welcome to Happy Hour Holidays, where every episode is a celebration of stories, insights, and laughter. Join us, Sean and Manny Fabre, as we chat with fascinating guests from all walks of life, sharing their stories, uncovering secrets to success, and of course, enjoying a good laugh over a drink or two. So if you love engaging stories and a touch of humor, hit subscribe and dive into Happy Hour Holidays. Your adventure starts now. Everything affects everything, right? And yes. It's, it's hard to know what the one thing is that that is affecting it. I love your comments about just breathing. You could do that anywhere. I just actually finished reading the book by James Nestor called Breathe. And super interesting, super informative. I actually just actually also mm -hmm. interviewed a lady, Kimberly Faith, on breath work on my podcast. And just finding that so interesting and that's something that we can so easily do in the course of the day and you can't really say to yourself well I don't have time to do that well I'm breathing anyway <laughs> yeah much. you're just choosing to breathe consciously instead yeah of you're just and you're choosing to breathe a little differently than you mm -hmm. would normally to help then reduce your overall stress levels which then could hopefully then reduce the cortisol and the cortisol from stealing it from our hormones, which I hadn't heard before, which is super interesting. 
you know, a lot of us, well, two things, you know, I know I, as kind of a high overachiever, when I heard, like, when people would tell me to breathe, I'm like, oh, come on, that's too easy. <laughs> There's got to be something else, right? I wanted to make it harder. And that's just my personal driver. So, you know, anyone listening that's like, oh, I, or, or you feel like you're doing that, challenge yourself to do more, slow your breath down even more, practice different types of breath work. Like there's, there's all kinds of ways you can breathe. I did a yoga practice yesterday where we spent the first three minutes, like breathing in through one nostril and out the other, and then back in the same side. Like there's, there's all these ways you can interrupt your, your breathing patterns and just learn to breathe again. Another way is um, to actually keep your tongue on the roof of your mouth and mm-hmm. that'll force you to breathe in and out through your nose. There's like, I can just throw all kinds of tips out there on that. And if you did a whole podcast on that, that's awesome. So go listen to that. So, you know, I've seen a lot of commercials and probably we all have in reference to mm-hmm. insulin resistance. You know, mm-hmm. hey, you know, I lost all this weight because I took this supplement or took this thing because, you know, I didn't know I was insulin resistant. Talk to us a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, about what insulin yeah. resistance is, what it means, mm-hmm. and then how would we know if this actually is an issue for us? Yeah. Well, insulin resistance is largely caused by high levels of cortisol. That's the first thing to know, which we've just been talking about. And the other thing is we live in a world where we consume a lot of sugar. Even if you don't realize that you're eating sugar, it's in everything. And so our body, you know, our liver and pancreas produce something called insulin, which is what helps pull sugar from the blood. And then it either gets stored, you know, or use this energy. And so when we become insulin resistant, it's kind of like the precursor to diabetes. It's our body's been under stress for so long, producing so much insulin. And a lot of it is from how we've been eating, but also how high our stress levels are. And so with what you said around, you know, supplement companies, there's, there's always the thing, right? Like there's, there's the new supplement, there's the new way of eating, there's go keto, there's, you know, do do this, do that. There's always someone's opinion on the best way to, you know, lose weight or or the thing you've been missing or whatever that is. And like you said earlier, we have to realize it's all connected. And a lot of that, you know, the ability to reset that, um, it's not the easy way, but (laughs) I, I have a, a free training on actually breaking up with sugar and doing it from a, a, a way that gives you freedom, not just using willpower, because, you know, a recipe for failure is, is trying to just use willpower for to do something for a while. But the biggest tip, you know, you can take a supplement if you want to. I, I eh, Some of them work, some of them don't. I'm more a fan of like really becoming aware of and mindful of what you're eating and how much sugar is actually in it. You know, a lot of there's natural sugars and then there's the sugars that are added to our foods. There's actually 65 names for sugar. There's probably more. That was from two years ago. And there's probably, you know, they keep keep renaming sugar so that it because it, people became more aware of it and how much it was in our food. So now they they sneak it in there in certain ways. So, yeah, a lot of that's becoming aware. And then stress impacting that cortisol cycle is also going to help reduce your insulin resistance and that load. Was there anything specifically you wanted me to? Not necessarily. I just want to understand, you know, what is insulin resistance? And obviously I didn't know it impacted, you know, had a relationship to cortisol, which I, again, find very fascinating. And I just, you know, I I see these commercials on TV. 
and <laughs> all these people losing weight because, oh, I'm insulin resistant and I took Golo or I did this. And I'm thinking, seriously? I mean, really, this stuff works? Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. I, I imagine it could. You know, it all of that stuff, like it worked for someone somewhere, right? And what I really invite everyone to stop doing is trying the next thing. Like I, I have one client that comes to mind specifically with this. Like we're working together and I'm we're we're on a journey, but literally three times a week she sends me some ad or some, you know, some review for some supplement or or some next thing and, and like I'm really working with her on stop to stop looking for the next thing. Like ignore all that stuff. And it's really just about tapping into yourself, learning to breathe. Like do some of the basic things first. And if that truly doesn't get you to a point where, you know, they can test um, test you for insulin resistance. And when I was estrogen dominant, I, I actually fell into that category as well. You know, if you're overweight in any way, like I think it's over 60% of the population now is, is what we call insulin resistant. And you can address it by taking a supplement and continuing to do life the way you have been, or you can push pause and stop chasing all those things and do some of the internal work and also work on you know some of that internal work would be like a a detox i don't mean like a 10-day juice cleanse but like actually making sure your liver is working correctly because liver and pancreas work together in that and that means you have at least two regular bowel movements a day that's also going to impact your how your hormones are metabolized in your body so like there's there's you know there's the emotional layers and then there's the stress layers and then there's the like physically what's how's your body working and functioning and can we Make changes in each of those areas that are long lasting and sustainable, because otherwise you're looking at possibly taking a supplement forever or a medication or, or whatever it is. Yeah. How many times have we all heard? Well, according to the doctor, my blood test results are normal, but yet mm. I still have symptoms. And I'm not just talking about women. I mean, men have issues with hormones, just like women do in many cases and just maybe don't even realize that it's a hormone that's impacting them. So, you know, when the doctor says, hey, your test results, your blood test results are normal, what do you do with that information? So here's my my input on this. And, you know, this is with the, I'm just gonna put the, the caveat of, I am, I'm not anti-Western medicine. We have, you know, there's a, a time and a place for the kind of medical care that we have in the US and in the Westernized world in general. However, it's really not designed to have you be healthy. What it's designed for is, you know, to look for when you're not quite dead, but but really close. And so then that's when Western medicine comes in. Like, And so a lot of the lab ranges that are out there, they have nothing to do with normal function. And they're really actually just based on an average of the population of those who get tested. And generally the people who are getting tested are not well. And so within normal limits is just like within normal for someone who's already sick or, you know, struggling with their health. One of the big places I see this, and there, there's two areas where just Western medicine is, has not caught up and is, is not just not trained in, in understanding this. One of them is the thyroid and the other is hormones because typically they aren't something that are tested. You know, it's, we're usually given birth control or hormone replacement therapy just as a, like you could you get HRT if you're over a certain age and having enough symptoms and, you know, with menopause and what we come to normalize as, as perimenopause or menopausal symptoms. Or, you know, if your periods are awful, they put you on birth control. 
but there's no understanding of like, well, is it progesterone? Is it estrogen? Is it testosterone? Am I, you know, how's my stress? It's, and like, there's, and there's really no great way to test that besides the testing I use. It's called the Dutch test where it actually looks at a lot of how your how your hormones are metabolized and what their levels are and, and does it in this specific time frame. And so, and then with the thyroid, you know, they've been arguing about the ranges on that for probably 50 years and have never changed them. And so it's, it's far too broad and they really don't judge function. So I go by, if you have symptoms, like you're off and it really doesn't matter what your labs say, you know, I still approach it and, and work through looking at it as if this is the thing that's wrong because it probably is. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you mentioned the test that you use. Could you repeat that again? I wasn't really clear on that one. Yeah. So it's called the Dutch test. And a lot of functional medicine practitioners use it now, naturopathic doctors, fewer Western medical doctors have heard of it or utilize it, but they have really developed a test that just nothing else tests it that way. You know, typically if you get get your hormones tested at all, um, they just they dry your blood. There's no attention paid to where you are in your cycle if you're still cycling. And then the ranges are way too broad. And so, you know, even if it's off, it'll say you're normal because they don't actually ask when, where you are <laughs> in terms of your cycle or anything. So the Dutch test tests in a very specific window. If you're still cycling, if you're not, you just do it whenever. But it gets really in depth with looking at the whole picture of precursors, cortisol, what your levels, hormone levels are, and also specifically with estrogen, how estrogen is metabolized in the body. And that gives you a lot of information on like how you need to support that process. Um, for example, like I, my liver has a hard time metabolizing estrogen. So every now and then I have to give it some support. And that's a lot of what led to me gaining almost 50 pounds. And then supporting that was a lot of what led me to being able to lose 30 of it pretty quickly. And this is just a blood test, the Dutch test? Um, it's actually a urine and saliva test. Okay. Um, it's it's just urine if we're just looking at the hormones. And then if you do cortisol with it, it's a saliva test. And with cortisol as well, like Western medicine, sometimes they look at that, but they just take it, you know, at one time. And there's a, a flow with how cortisol, like we need some cortisol in our lives. And so, you know, typically we wake up and it rises through the morning pretty significantly and then it'll it'll take a drop in the afternoon and kind of taper off and go down to almost nothing at night and so we want to see like that flow of things and if you're you know if you've been under really high stress for a long time a lot of times I'll just see a flat line because your adrenals are just shot which it's it's a little more extreme than just or complicated than just calling it adrenal fatigue but for all intents and purposes that's kind of what that refers to and then or it'll be like it shoots up really high or it never comes down or your cortisol levels actually go up at night like all of that's gonna impact losing weight and other things but losing weight okay interesting so how do we go about building a sustainable this is the key word here <laughs> morning and night routine that can serve us well where would we start with that Ah, oh, I love this question. <laughs> so to start, like you have to get really clear on what you actually need. I'll give you two examples. These are both from my life. You know, I used to wake up in the morning. First thing I did before I even got out of bed was check my phone. I, in a previous life, owned a, a huge chiropractic office. So I had like 12 staff in a 6,000 square foot building and all this stuff. 
really high, high volume place. And so, you know, I would look at emails and I'd look at text messages and like the fires are just starting already. And I would be amped up before I even left the house. Now I wake up in the morning, I have extra time. I either read the Bible or read something that like inputs something into my brain or I journal or I meditate sometimes, but I have like this space in the morning and it's amazing. And I know lots of people like to the idea of creating that. And so my input in this is it's possible for anyone, but typically we have to, you know, most of us will try to shorten our time of sleep or, you know, we don't set ourselves up to win in the morning by what we do in the evening. And so I encourage like start with the nighttime and really get clear on like, what do you need to do for yourself to set yourself up to have a good night's sleep? And so that could be a whole routine that takes an hour. I think my mom takes like three hours. <laughs> it's it's whatever you need and letting go of some of the things that might get in the way of that. You know, one of the things I let go of that I know a lot of women struggle with is like, I don't care if the dishes are done before I go to bed. If I haven't done them by a certain time, like they're just going to wait until the next day because it's more important to me to get the rest. And so it's, it's, you know, making those decisions and letting go of some stuff to really set yourself up for a good night and then getting clear on what you want to create in the morning. You know, I have clients that just do really well if they get up and exercise first thing. And so, you know, they're, they're getting up early and, and doing their walk or their spin or they're going outside or, you know, hit like whatever, whatever exercise movement they want to do in the morning, that's the first thing they do. And they feel really great when they do that. For me, it's more about that, like restorative time, just kind of not have to jump out of bed and go. And it's important to me to create that. Others, you know, it might be something else. Maybe that's your time to clean. Maybe that's, you know, whatever that looks like. But, you know, letting go of, oh, I have to be part of the 5 a.m. club or what it's supposed to look like according to everybody else. I, I keep saying this, but really getting clear on what, what do you actually need? Like what sets you up for a really great day so your energy's in a good place and you're not just immediately hitting the ground in stress. Yeah, I think that's so yeah. true. And every person I've talked to or things that I've read about is most people go through their life sleep deprived, which obviously is not helping us any. No. <laughs> and so it might be you prioritize sleep. <laughs> and that's just it. You let yourself sleep in longer and don't get up to work out. You do that later. Um, you know, people say, oh, yeah, I can function on five hours of sleep. Well, can you really? Yeah, no. And <laughs> You need less of it, but we still need sleep. Like the other night, I um, I actually slept for nine hours. I'd been a bit sleep deprived. My husband's been traveling and I just, I don't always sleep as well when he's not here because I let myself stay up later and stuff. And um, I slept for nine hours and I wear an aura ring. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's, it's one of the yeah, tools I, I use to just, yeah, yeah. So I use it to like keep myself in check, right? And my nine readiness score that day was a 95. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> And that's just because, you know, my sleep score was also in the 90s. And usually they're in the 80s, sometimes in the 70s. Like, I don't do that well. And so it makes such a difference. And it's, you know, it's a choice. Like, we have to choose ourselves sometimes and what we actually need over all the other stuff. And, and this is another simple thing, because you could choose to go to bed, let's say, 15 minutes earlier or 30 minutes earlier. It doesn't really have to impact your whole life or your whole schedule. No. Yeah. It's just little shifts and little and then like really protecting that time. Like I really protect my morning time and I'm not as good. I'll I'll be like completely transparent here. I'm not always as good about protecting my 
bedtime. And so that's an area where I'm really working on. And maybe you just need to work on one of these or the other. But it's like constantly making new choices. <laughs> Not constantly, but, you know, may, setting yourself up to win in that area. Yeah. I mean, we make choices every second of our day. We choose to do something. And yeah. is that something really moving us forward to where we ultimately want to be in life? Or is that keeping us where we're at or moving us backwards? Absolutely. So, yeah. So making a choice to just breathe a little bit differently, a little bit better, maybe making a choice to just go to bed 15 minutes earlier, or 30 minutes earlier. Some simple things like mm -hmm. that can have a big impact on the end result and the outcome. I know I, I've had my aura ring now for about six months or so. And it's really interesting with all the sleep patterns. It tells you how your deep sleep, how much deep sleep, how much REM sleep, how much light sleep. And so it's really a learning experience for me because I always felt like I wasn't getting enough sleep. This definitely confirmed it. And now I have, you know, go to bed by 745. I'm thinking, really? I mean, do I really need to go to bed at 745? And it's like, oh, my gosh. So, you know, last night I pushed the envelope and stayed up an extra hour later. And I was, you know, really groggy. And I thought, yeah, I guess I maybe need to pay attention to what my ring is telling me to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, for anyone listening, like, I don't get anything from talking about it, but I, I love the ring just because I, I need that input. Like, you know, I have an Apple watch too, and it actually just annoys me because it's like, move more, move, 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 like all the time. Whereas the aura ring will be like, Hey, you really need to, you know, rest today. <laughs> or like, here's how much restorative time you got. And it's like five minutes. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's work on that. And you know, I think especially when we started this on the weight loss conversation, like we are very much ingrained in this world of go, 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 do, 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 you know, more, more, more all the time. And a lot of times what we're missing is that pause, learn how to actually rest, you know, and and actually listen to ourselves and our bodies. And it seems so counterintuitive, kind of like you actually need to eat more to lose weight a lot of times. Not everybody, you know, overeating is still a problem in the world, but a lot of women that I work with specifically have been under eating, like eating eight to 800, 1200 calories a day for most of their lives and can't lose weight. And that's because their body thinks they're starving because they've been literally starving themselves for, you know, however long. And so it's, it's one of those counterintuitive things of like, do less, you know, in terms of how much you're doing, eat more, like be on the go less. And that will actually be the thing that starts to flip the switch. Yeah, I know when I was telling my uh, homeopathic doctor that, you know, I walk to Pilates. That takes me an hour. I do Pilates for an hour and I walk home and that takes me an hour. So I'm doing exercise for three hours. She says, maybe you need to do less. <laughs> yeah. Or do something different. You know, I've, I've had a lot of clients who are in like, I have to do spin for 45 minutes every single day or I weight lift every single day. And it's like, or maybe you go for a gentle walk or you lie on your yoga mat and have a nap like there's we we need to have some variety in there for our bodies to adapt and just have time to do what it needs to do to heal and release and be ready to let go any other words of wisdom that you'd like to share with us about just you know helping us get started on this path to being even more healthy i guess uh, you know in, in wrapping it all up the the big thing i would say is just pick somewhere you know, there's all these things that we can do. It's It can be food, it can be exercise, it can be rest, it can be sleep, it can be managing stress. 
like don't overwhelm yourself by feeling like you have to do it all at once it's a journey and you know when you're really on the journey you continually learn about yourself and you expand and then you're ready for the next step and so it's just about picking somewhere to start and doing it from a place of not the frustration not the overwhelm not the i have to do this or else but really just choosing to be on a journey of curiosity where you're getting to know yourself and exploring how healthy you can be by doing some of these simple things. If somebody wanted to get in touch with you, Dr. Alex, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so I'm on all the things, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, I'm at Emergent Women Coaching on most of them. I think I'm at Dr. Alex Ridley on LinkedIn. And then I've also got a podcast called The Selfless Syndrome Show. So some of the stuff I talked about, I talk a lot about kind of the mindset shifts we need to make to to really be able to do things for ourselves. <laughs> and then my website is emergentwomencoaching.com and I've got all kinds of, there's more info on what I do, but also some free resources and some other things on there. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate, again, your very valuable time and sharing your insights with us. I mean, we could talk about this for hours. I mean, at least I could. Yeah. <laughs> I could too. It's all good. <laughs> just, I just find it fascinating. I learned so much from people like you who are you know, so well educated in this area and there's always more we can learn that's going to help us be even healthier and be more aware of how we treat our body. So I really do appreciate that. You're very welcome. Well, my hope for our time together with Dr. Alex is that you got value in an idea or two that will help you with your personal and professional health and well-being. Feel free to share my podcast with others, as it can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries, and of course, at accountabilitycoach.com. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute, which can also be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. And remember to subscribe to my business success tips and resources blog by going to accountabilitycoach.com forward slash blog. And always remember to aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day. Today and every day. I appreciate you listening.